Welcome back. This is your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast, segment two. All right, we're going to get into a few new newsworthy notes, um, basically for high school and, you know, pros. Um, before I started, I was just, you know, reading a few notes, reading some things that I've seen on ESPN, courtesy of ESPN, of course, give them some credit. Um, Pascal Sakian just got a, a contract extension uh, worth $130 million. So that's that's huge news. It goes your the guy that they think is probably going to be their, their guy to really rely on for the future, or really that's going to be their, their, their main piece for the future right there. So that's so they locked him up, gave him an extension, so that's good. Obviously, locally, you're still waiting on Jalen Brown getting his extension, but I don't know if that's going to even happen. I think um, I think Danny Ainge and, and Jalen are going to wait. Jalen Brown's going to wait to probably the end of the season to get that, you know, figured out because I think the deadline is coming up. I think it's either it's either it's sometime this week. I don't know exactly what day it is, but um, there's a deadline for you know, to have contract extensions. And it's it's probably going to, I mean, once I think once the season starts, I think that's the deadline. It's probably like maybe a day or two from right now. I know, I know, for, I know for sure that it's before the season. So if, we, if they didn't, if they didn't get it done by now, I'm pretty sure it's going to have to wait to the end of the year. And obviously, you know, recruiting news, um, um, this guy, he was, I believe, I had him at number three in my top 100 for a class of 2020 for the, the New England top 100. Hassan Daira, um, he plays for Putnam Academy. He's going to be playing for Texas A&M. So that's a huge gift for Texas A&M. Um, 247 Sports kind of had, had, him, had him crystal balled. To Texas A&M, so uh, it was just official. I believe I was able to get. I believe I seen it yesterday. So, so that is that is a huge get for Texas A&M. Their program is, you know, consistent. You know, they're, they're you know they play in the, they play in the SEC, so you know, a tough conference. They gotta play Kentucky every year, so they, they're they're consistent. They get talent every now and then. Obviously Robert Williams is from Texas A and M. So it's a good get for uh for Texas A and M. Alright, so we're gonna get started with my fantasy draft roundup. Basically I'm gonna kinda, you know, on your fir- you know, your first round, what type of guys you should be looking at as your first pick. I can obviously say, you know, pick Greek Freak if you do have the number one pick. Uh, that's pretty obvious. But I'm gonna get you some guys that, you know, mean if you may not get those top five picks. But as far as I know, he. I mean, if I had to just say, you know, who's definitely gonna be picked in the top ten? Obviously, you start with Greek Freak. You start with Kawhi Leonard. You start with James Harden. You start with Carl Anthony Towns, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid. Damian Lillard, I think he might be outside of the top 10, but maybe in some drafts you might think of him as a top 10 pick. And Nikola Jokic. 
those are probably you know guys that you consider high level picks in your in, that you would probably want to pick in your first round whether you have a 10 team league or a 20 team league those guys should definitely be up there for sure with the best of them um there's a few surprises of this year that that guys are you know that are rising up that are being considered first round picks I mean, you just mentioned Pascal Sakium. He just got that big extension. I mean, ESP, courtesy of ESPN, they rated him in the top 10 in most drafts. I think that's a little high, but I think he still should be considered somewhere of a first or second round pick because, like I said, he's going he's gonna to get in the ball a lot. That Now that Kawhi Leonard has left, and really a lot of, a lot of fantasy, you know, you're going to go fantasy stats off of, you know, what type of um, what type of usage is he going to have throughout the year? And I think Sakim is going to have a high usage rate throughout the year. Now that, you know, you know, Kyle Lowry is a guy that really doesn't have to score a lot of points. So I think he's going to be the number one option in most nights. So I think they're going to lean on him a lot. Like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys that, you know, that are going to get high usage rates. I mean, look at Terry Rozier, which you all know he's he's going to be, you probably look at him more of a later round pick, mid round pick, you know, the mid mid round to later round picks. But, you know, Terry Rozier is a guy that you should probably should start in most leagues because you know he's going to have a high usage rate. Even though Charlotte's going to be bad, it doesn't really matter. It depends on the points. Terry Rozier does a lot of different things for you. On the offensive and on the defensive end, can get steals. Um, you know, he's very good at, you know, he's shown me a lot in that first game against the Celtics that he has the ability to find guys. And I think he'll be able to get a lot of assists as well as, you know, rebound the basketball. Terry Rose has always been a good rebounder. So he's going to be a guy that's going to be a stat sheet stuffer type of guy that can get steals, rebounds, assists, as well as, you know, his points because he's going to have a high usage rate. So, Key thing is with those high picks that you'd want to, you know, obviously, you know, you got your high caliber players, but if you don't get those high caliber players right away or you miss out on, you know, those high caliber players in those early rounds, look at a guy that has a high usage rate on it on maybe a possibly a bad team. Um, I would say the Suns, you know, Devin Booker is, is, is a high usage guy. That you might want to, you know, focus on, and Rozier is obviously another one that I, that comes to mind. So don't be afraid to just, you know, if you can't get those top echelon players, there's always a guy like a John Collins that comes to mind as well as a guy that you can get um, in probably second, third round, fourth round possibly. Trey Young, same thing, second, third, fourth round possibly. He's you know, he's definitely starter caliber. Um so yeah, I mean I if I if I was picking, I would pick that. I would pick the, um those type of guys as you know, type of these are these are what, what I would consider high high round sleeper type picks, those guys that I mentioned. And far as like guys that maybe you're probably more mid to late round guys but still you're going to get a lot of production for them um De'Aaron Fox is one guy that I think 
you know, he'll fall in the mid to late rounds, but you'll get a lot of production out of him. Um, obviously, you mentioned Devin Booker. He's definitely going to be one of your top scorers that you'll have out there on your team. Uh, Jason Tatum, mid to late round, more mid mid round than anything else. People people might might even pick him and maybe you know maybe be, might pick him in the second third round. A lot of people are high on Jason Tatum, but I just think when you have Hayward, Kimball Walker, and Jalen Brown to share the ball with, his numbers is not going to be as high because he has to share the ball with those other players. So I think the only thing I would I would pick him more late. Mid to, mid to late round, I mean, later rounds, because, he, like I said, he's not going to have the high usage rate as those guys that I mentioned earlier. But another guy, Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz, he's going to be a 20-point scorer this year for sure, even though he has Mike Conley playing playing in the backcourt with him. I think he's still going to have a high usage rate. Um, Chris Paul might have a high usage rate, but I don't see him really – Really, you know, being even though he's playing on a, a roughly an average to mediocre team, I just think he might have a high usage rate. That doesn't mean he's going to be effective. So, and Chris Paul's a late round pick in my in my in my opinion. He's a late he's a later round pick. Um, yeah, and mainly just like I said, focus on those bad teams. Guys that are the best players on those bad teams are going to have high usage rates. But I think, you know, people say Chris Paul is a sleeper pick, but I don't think so. I think Chris Paul is a guy you might want to avoid till later rounds, if anything. If, if he had no choice, yeah, pick him up. But focus on more of those younger players because it's obviously an up-and-down game and you want maybe more athletic players than anything else. So... There's a few guys I like um, um, as guys that are, you know, going to be mid-late round picks, but I think are going to have huge seasons. I think Buddy Hill's going to have a huge season for the Kings. If they can get over that contract situation, which obviously he wants a, a, a wants an extension, and obviously the Kings are not giving him that extension. But if he can get past that, he's going to have a huge year. So... I think the Kings are going to be a really good team overall. I think they're going to be a sleeper team. And let's get into that quickly before we, you know, end the show. Um, far as, like, sleeper teams to start the year, um, for the West, I got, obviously, I just mentioned the Sacramento Kings. I got them. Um, they showed glimpses of that last year of how good they're going to be. You got Darren Fox. You got Buddy Hill. You got... Uh, Marvin Bagley, you got a very talented, talented team um, with a lot of youth. Um, far as the East goes, I think I don't really see much. Um, I don't see much turnover. I think it's going to be the same teams you've seen last year that are going to be competing for the same playoff spots. But I think the Atlanta Hawks might make it interesting. Um, I looked at like this. I just looked at the standings on ESPN, and I seen like I seen basically um, a lot of the teams that you expect to be up where they're at ranked ranked wise. You know, in, in, in standings in the conference for both conferences, they're they're like 
five and zero. Like the Bucks are five and zero in the preseason. Celtics are four and zero in the preseason. Sixers four and one. So it's like okay, basically that's what you expect. Those teams are going to be where they're at. Atlanta Hawks were one and four. I'm like, that's everyone's sleeper team, and it's obviously my sleeper team. But I don't think there's going to be much. I think it's going to be pretty much um, the same as last year. And now the Magic pretty much flirting with a playoff spot. You got the Pistons pretty much flirting with a playoff spot. I think the bad teams that you've seen last year are pretty much going to be the same. Um, but like, like I said, I'd probably say maybe the Hawks possibly can kind of change their fortune because obviously their young guys are getting a lot more experience with Trey Young and, and John Collins heading into his third year. Expected to have a strong year. He had a, a nice year last year. But obviously defense is going to be an issue with the Hawks. It's always been an issue with the Hawks. And I just don't think they're ready just yet to take that step. But maybe next year will be the year for them. And then obviously the Bulls are another team that I think could be, could kind of be, you know, knocking on the door. Laurie Markkinen, expected to have a huge year. Zach Levine, expected to have a huge year. Um I mean, they really didn't make that many changes to their roster. They did add Thomas Sadarazinski from the Washington Wizards, but that's really it. They added a few big guys, but it's not really a big change to their roster. They have to de- pretty much, like just like the Hawks, kind of defend on their young guys to get better. And I think, you know, if it's not this year, then it's probably next year, but I think those teams are going to be flirting with a playoff spot, possibly seventh or eighth spot. Because I know, you know those six, seven, and eight spot teams are pretty mediocre at best. Pistons are like a five hundred team. I think the Magic are going to be somewhat of a five hundred team. And then, I mean, I don't know. I just think, you know, you're the the teams that you expect at the, at the top of the top of the food chain. They're going to be there at the end end of the year. And I just don't think um, it's going to be much much turnover. Those young teams just still are not there yet in the East. But a West, I think, is going to be wide open. It's going to be what you've seen. I've seen the Jazz be 1-4, which you all expect the Jazz to be really good this year. They're 1-4 in the preseason. So that just tells you how good the West is. Like, it's anyone can beat anybody in any given night. The talent level is high throughout probably 1-12. through 12. It's pretty high on on all those teams. So it's going to be wide open. Um, but obviously, you know, you already know the Clippers and Lakers are the favorites to win that, you know, win the conference and be in the Western Conference Finals. But, who, you know, we all, we all know about the Nuggets. We all know about the Pelicans. Um, but there's a lot of sleeper teams as well, like the Spurs. And you can go on and on about all the, all the talented teams out there in the West, but there's a bunch of them, but... But yeah, we'll just move on. We'll get, we'll definitely talk a lot about the NBA throughout the year. You know, mainly it's going to be mostly focused on the Celtics, but we will get into a lot of NBA items as well throughout the year, especially if it's, you know, big news or whatever, big trades or whatever. We'll definitely get into that. You know, all the hot, all the hot topics I'll discuss on this show. And again, there will all be, you know, will be articles throughout the year posted on the website. So check the website out, rimsandnets.com. 
R-I-M-S, double N-E-T-S dot com. You can search it on Google, RIMS, um, and sign nets. Should, you know, everything should come up if you do that. RIMS and Nets podcast is probably a better option of everything coming up. RIMS and Nets podcast, which, like I said, I have them on multiple platforms right now. I have them on uh, Stitcher. I have it on Spotify. Apple Apple has been giving me a hard time trying to get it on Apple, but they give me a hard time. I have definitely have made some updates to the logo. So throughout the year, you'll see different, you know, logos or alternate logos. I, like I said, one day I would like to, you know, probably put it, you know, add some merchandise of the logo, you know, T-shirts, sweatshirts, all that. But like I said, I need need some support from people to, you know, get that started. Once I get the support up, then obviously you'll see stuff like that out and definitely try to get more guests on the show as well. So definitely I'll be working on a lot of different things. I remember in the summer, I I mentioned that I wanted to do a tour of the website. So it's, it's a lot to it. A lot, a lot of items on the website. Obviously, we get into everything from professional, MBA, college. College is starting up in a few weeks, so we'll get into that as well in podcasts and and on the website. High school starting up in about a month and a half. I I think there's a few, you know, bigger high schools that already started. I think Sierra Cannon's playing a lot, um, playing some games already. You know, the top tier schools usually play earlier than like maybe the schools around here. Which you know most most schools they start their high school after football's over, which is after Thanksgiving. So you'll probably see some games maybe late November, mid November, but most likely most teams start up in December. So usually like after football ends. So still got a little time to really discuss, the, you know, all the high school games. So I'll give you updates every week on that on the website all the big games that are going on that week. I'll put a post on the website. Um, so like I said, I'll, you'll be covered and on every level. And, and like I said, check in podcasts every week. Should have a podcast at least every week. I'm, I can't really give you a day because like I said, there's always something that comes up that takes my time away that I'm not able to, you know, to really put in a podcast on the on a design day but i'll probably say check in every week check in on spotify stitcher um, podbean those are the main sites i have them on but i'm also working on a few other sites putting it on as well probably put it on google play probably put it on um iHeartRadio or any of the you know the more well-known um podcast um sites and directories so just stay tuned for all that but we're gonna wrap this show up but first let's get into you know the big time matchup on wednesday celtics versus sixers um i mean if you let's but first let's take a look at the starters and how they match up you got at center you got joel and b for the sixers 
And like I said, I told you that Daniel Tice is probably going to be the starter at center. So you look at the matchup with that. You got, you know, Joel Embiid's like 7 feet, 255, 260 pounds. So he's, he's a low down there inside. And you got Tice that's only, you know, roughly on a good day, he's 6'9". But, you know, most people have him at 6'8". And he's, you know, 243 pounds. So that's like... I mean, that's a big size advantage right there for Embiid. So we'll have to see what the strategy is with that. I, I, if I'm the Sixers, I'm going to Joel Embiid all day, every day on on, on that on Tice. Try to get you know, try to get him in foul trouble because we all know that when the Celtics had that line about there offensively, they're really really good. So if I'm the Sixers, my strategy is. Even if it's Al Horford, you can put Al Horford in the post against Tice. I think that's more of a solid matchup for Tice. I think Tice can handle an Al Horford matchup than more of a Joel Embiid matchup. So, and then that will that will definitely um, will definitely move on to the next position. Speaking of Al Horford, um, Al Horford will probably be matched up against either uh, Gordon Hayward or Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum will probably be the one that will be defending him. So Jason Tatum will probably defend Al Horford. Al Horford obviously lines up at 6'10", 245. And, and Jason Tatum lines up as 6'8", um, 210. I mean, excuse me, I think, uh, yeah, he's 6'8", 210. So, like I said, pretty small. You know, your four and five guys are only 6'8". Pretty small out there. But... Obviously, Tatum has the length to bother Al Horford, but I don't think he has the size to really match up with him strength-wise. So Al Horford, you know, very wise, you know, vet that's going to, you know, understand how to post him up and, and and use his, you know, his experience to really expose the young player, which I we all know Jason Tatum's not used to, you know, defending in the post. So that could be something the Sixers exploit as well. Usually, you know, in most cases, Tatum would be matched up against Ben Simmons, but because, you know, those are the two biggest guys they have as far as lengthwise, Tyson and Tatum, I think those are the two matches you'll probably see that Brad will probably have them have them matched up against. And then obviously at the three position, you got Gordon Hayward matched up against uh, Tobias Harris. So again, another guy that's bigger. Than, than Gordon Hayward. Tight, I mean, Tobias Harris matches uh, is about 6'9", close to 6'10", 235 pounds. Gordon Hayward's 6'8", 225. So, again, another size advantage for the Sixers. I mean, that's going to be the, 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 the key is just how do they defend all that size. And the Sixers are so big in every position. And I didn't even mention Ben Simmons yet. And obviously, then you got Two guard, you got Josh Richardson at 6'6", about 205, 210. He's matched up against Jalen Brown, which I think Jalen Brown, he lines up as 6'6", 225. So that's probably the only matchup I feel like is an advantage for the Celtics. Jalen Brown definitely can match up pretty well against Josh Richardson, but Josh Richardson is one of the better defenders in the NBA. So it ain't going to be an easy matchup as far as, like, you know, you know, if Jalen can really get a step on him, 
you know, he might have his fair share of, you know, spots against them. That, but I think Josh Richardson can battle him out there. I won't be surprised if Ben Simmons switches up on him at times. And and they probably would probably put Josh Richardson on Kimba Walker because overall Josh Richardson just is a bigger guy. You know, and that will you know you'll add size to to Kimba. Regardless, you got Ben Simmons and you, then you got Josh Richardson. Easily, those two guys are gonna have to. Easily, those two guys are gonna have to guard either Jalen Brown or Kimba Walker, and Kimba's gonna have to guard a bigger guy anyways. It doesn't matter what Kimba guards; he has to guard a guy that's probably five or six, at least five or six inches bigger than him. So that's gonna be a really tough thing to deal with. You might see a lot of guy. I mean, whoever has Kimba Walker, I think they might post him up. If Ben Simmons has, I think Ben Simmons will post up on him pretty much every possession. And I think the one thing the Celtics are gonna have to do is probably play a um, play some zone. I could, I think you want to make the Sixers shoot more than anything else. They're only the the, the best sh- two shooters are Tobias and and Tobias Harris and and Josh Richardson. Besides that, you got guys that really can't shoot out there. Al Horford can shoot. So I can't say that, you know, Al Horford can't shoot because that's another guy that can shoot out there. So, I don't know. It's an interesting lineup. I mean, and I just think the size of the Sixers is going to be tough to deal with. It's just an unusual lineup that you're not going to see on a daily basis. All that size that they have is going to be tough to deal with all night. And then let's take a look at the benches for both teams. Um, Celtics bench is probably going to be better. Um, you got Ennis Cantor, you got Marcus Smart coming off the bench. Um, Carson Edwards is a main piece now that comes off that bench. You might see a little bit of Grant Williams at times in spot minutes. Um, Robert Williams, you might see him getting spot minutes here and there. But uh, their bench is, a, is better than the Sixers' bench. Sixers don't really have a really, really strong bench. James Ennis is probably their best player coming off that bench. Um, they do have, uh, they did pick up Trey Burke, which we all know he can score. You know, see him. Raul Nato is another guard that plays off their bench. Um,. They lost uh, McConnell to free agency last year. so, And then obviously losing J.J. Redick really hurts them. But they, they, like I said, when you have the size that they have, they're going to really dominate teams inside every night. So, But the bench is probably is, is definitely advantage Celtics. And there's a few guys I didn't even mention. On that Celtics bench, that could be huge out there. Semi, Ojale, Javante Green. Um, I feel like I'm missing some some guys. I just can't think of them at this moment. But I think the Celtics bench is 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 going to be is just going to it's probably going to be the difference in the game. Could probably keep them in the game because I think the starters are going to have a hard time defending the physicality of what the Sixers are going to bring out there with all their size. So. We'll see how it goes, see how they're able to withstand all that size. Because, 
Um, the Celtics have to do, um, have to play more of a faster-paced game. Maybe, maybe that might help them. Maybe they play an up-tempo style, which I feel like they're going to do anyways against most teams. I think they're going to play more up-tempo this year than they did last year. So we'll see how it goes. I think just think the Celtics have to do that play a transition game, shoot a lot of threes, make a lot of threes. I think that's going to be the key, them making a lot of threes. If they make a lot of threes, that will be the equalizer for them getting beat up inside because they're probably going to give up a lot of points in the paint. That's a given. So we'll see how that goes. Excited to watch that. Hope everyone has a good week as we're going to wrap this show up. It's going to be a, a exciting season um, of NBA basketball and basketball in general, which all, all the seasons will be starting up in the upcoming weeks, but the NBA starts first, so we'll really dive deep into all that. Uh, check out um, my upcoming post. That, um, I still have to get the 20 through 40 of the New England um, New England Top 100 on the website. I'll put that up as soon as I can. It's been tied up with a lot of other things outside of the podcast, so that will be up pretty soon, so stay tuned for that. And then also I will have the 1 through 20 after that. You just have to bear with me on that. So those two will be posted up sooner rather than later. Um, also, I will post the the New England Top 10 for college basketball, the team previews for all those top 10 schools in New England. And just so you know, that there's, I believe there's about 20 to 25 D1 schools in New England. If I, if I have all, I have all the D1 schools posted on my website. If you want to check those players out, I mean, check those teams out. Like I have like a list of them. Was there's a tab where it says local and you look up colleges you're going to going to see you click on that local colleges tab once you click on that local colleges tab there's going to be Massachusetts I have Massachusetts actually um it's actually in the local colleges if you click on local colleges then you get all the Massachusetts uh colleges in Massachusetts D1 colleges in Massachusetts and then if you want all the other states I have New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Vermont Connecticut, Maine, all like um, I have them all in tiers, so they're split up in tiers, and then you can just click on them and um, see um, see which see all the D1 schools in in New England. I think this, I believe there's about 20 to 25 schools in New England around that you know number. I don't know the exact number, but. The top 10 basically is the best of the best in New England. And I was able to do, I was able to finish all that, uh, I believe it was like two episodes ago. I finished that whole list. So I believe it was episode 20. It's either episode 20 or 21 where I had the final four four um, teams on that list. So... So if you want to listen to that, check my, you know, check episode 20 out, which should have, you know, one through four. And, you know, if you want to see the whole list, you have to probably, you know, check to all the way in the archives to episode 18. 
which has probably that, you know, the whole, you know, um, the, the start of that whole list. I pretty much did it from 10 to 1. I did it backwards. So, so yeah, so, like I said, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff, you know, on the website and podcast, a lot of information to kind of, you know, get yourself, uh, we acquainted with all the, you know, players in, in the New England area, all the local news in the New England area, um, all the commitment news is on the website as well, on the breaking news um, tracker on the top of the screen on the website. So you got everything all covered from NBA, college, high school, everything's covered. You know, once again, website rimsandnets.com, R I M S double N E T S dot com. You know, when you get a chance, go visit. It's a really good site, a lot of information. If you're real, if you're a hoop head like me, you'll enjoy it. Believe me, I I look at it myself. I look at it as a reference to see like oh, like these um, these players or whatnot are going to this school as a reference because, like I said, it's it's really it's really a cool thing because I'm just like learning. I'm learning a lot more than I've ever learned about, um, particularly high school basketball. You know, I don't really follow that. I never really followed it in depth like I do now. So now it's you know, this 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 whole platform has really um, has really been beneficial for me to really learn a lot more, you know, in all levels of basketball. And it's been pretty interesting to really, you know, do all the research and stuff and and find out about all these players and really provide all the information that probably you're not going to really get anywhere. Maybe you might get it on Max Preps, you know. Or any other site that really covers high school, but it's not going to be in depth. Like I'm probably going to really give it what I'm, what the information I'm going to give to really provide, you know, all of the, um, all of the statistics and 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 you're going to have team previews and all that. So it's going to be an exciting year of, of basketball, and we'll definitely cover every level of it. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. Listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. He's your host, Rob Morris. I'm out. Peace.